Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you might be uh, as you're viewing <clears throat> this component of the National Council's 30th Annual Arab U.S. Policymakers Conference. <clears throat> this conference could not convene at a more opportune moment. We have a situation where there have been in the United States uh, nationwide elections at the state and local level. You have ongoing controversies at the national level <clears throat> reflected in the United States legislative branch and an overall polarization of the political atmosphere stemming from uh, the elections of November 2020. On that occasion, we had that co conference one week ahead of time so that people might fasten and focus upon the forces, factors, and phenomena that could bear on the elections outcomes as they pertain to the Arab-US relationship and beyond the uh, US Middle East, US Islamic world relationship and those relationships with their friends, uh, allies, and strategic working partners. And today uh, we're zeroing in on a microcosmic uh, component of those uh, phenomena and realities and those challenges and those opportunities and to try to have a degree of clarification on the degree of unease and tension and uncertainties that exist in the minds of people who are looking for places to invest, uh, to enhance their material reward, <clears throat> to engage in the mutuality of benefit in the realm of trade and commerce and technology cooperation. <clears throat> we couldn't have a better set of two individuals uh, to help us uh, navigate these phenomena. Uh, first, we will have <clears throat> Hall Delano Roosevelt, the president of the US Saudi Arabian Business Council, uh, which he has occupied for several years now. But if one were scripting as a parent, as a coach, as a teacher, as a guidance counselor, how would one chart uh, the timelines of a young person's uh, evolution to adulthood and a life of public service? Uh, I cannot think of or recall another individual in the contemporary era who has been as well-trained, both theoretically, educationally, and practically as Delano Roosevelt. Let me uh, give you just a glimpse of this. <clears throat> he's, the grand, he's the son of the eldest son of former US President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who carried us through tumultuous, transformational, turbulent times uh, during the depression of the 1930s and beyond into World War II uh, and victory uh, over the uh, Nazi Axis powers in Europe, as well as in Eastern Asia regarding uh, Japan. Uh, his father <clears throat> served six terms in the US uh, Congress, which exposed uh, Mr. Roosevelt to the inner and outer workings of the US legislative branch and the dynamics of the governmental structure and politics in the nation's capital of the world's most powerful and wealthiest uh, country uh, on the planet. His father also was ambassador to Geneva, which afforded Adele an international educational exposure and experience in empirical reality of facts 
having to do with the needs of our friends, the concerns of our allies, and the interests of our partners, and how they aligned or misaligned with American needs, concerns, interests, and goals. We have him as well, a practitioner in the field in Saudi Arabia with the Razor Investments Corporation, one of the leading investment houses in Saudi Arabia going on now for more than three gener generations. In that capacity, he was recognized as a leader and elected president of all of the American business representatives in the Eastern province and beyond uh, for the Middle East uh, Council of American Chambers of Commerce and Industry. Uh, not to stop there, a local uh, politician, governmental official, a public servant in Long Beach, California, where he was seized with issues that are seldom far from the front page of the print and broadcast media, namely environmental issues, but also electricity issues that drive the engines of all of the world's economies, large, small, uh, old and new, medium sized and those that are undergoing the kinds of transformation that the kingdom of Saudi Arabia is going at the present time and aiming towards its vision uh, 2030 with its new national investment uh, strategy. This is no small moment uh, for Americans to learn more about the kingdom, about the United States role uh, and position actions and attitudes and opportunities and challenges regarding its relationships with the kingdom. Here we have a country that has been in a nonstop relationship with the United States for more than seven decades. And we have a country that was one of the very few Arab countries uh, that was a co-founder of the United Nations uh, with Saudi Arabia having three members of the ruling family present on that occasion with an American escort officer uh, who had been a very young vice consul in Jeddah, where the US embassy used to be. We have Saudi Arabia as a co-founder of the League of Arab States, <clears throat> the world's oldest regional organization devoted to problem solving and avoiding war and enhancing peace through the tools of diplomacy and law and economic and social and political harmonization and development. In addition to being a co-founder of the Gulf Cooperation Council and the headquarters of the Gulf Cooperation Council that groups together Bahrain, Kuwait, Saudi, <clears throat> Saudi Arabia, Qatar, the United Arab Emirates and Oman. Um, it's hard to imagine how a parent or an educator could have choreographed a young person's chart uh, to public service in uh, the way that has occurred in the case of Delano Roosevelt. Del, the floor is yours. John, thank you so much. That was uh, just an overwhelming introduction. Uh, and I, uh, I strive every day to try and live up to your description uh, uh, of my uh, achievements to date. I'm not uh, making it up. Considering that I'm only 22 years old. <laughs> you have to uh, that said, yes, it was. Uh, it's been seven, as Dr. John Duke Anthony said, uh, it's been seven decades um, uh, of a of a, this relationship that exists between the United States of America and the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. 
which was really uh, the relationship was consummated um, in uh, February, actually Valentine's Day, February 14th, 1945, uh, is when my grandfather, Franklin Roosevelt, sat on the USS Quincy, on the deck of the Quincy, along with uh, Saudi Arabia's first king, King Abdulaziz ibn Saud. And uh, they spent about 18 hours discussing everything from agriculture to oil to, to defense uh, to flying in, a, in an airplane, uh, which the king had not done to date, uh, of which my grandfather decided to remedy that situation by sending the king a gift of uh, one of the first DC-3s. Uh, and since, as we all know, it's not really um, acceptable for US government officials to make a gift of public funds, uh, he had the, the plane broken down into crates and labeled it agricultural equipment and sent it over to the kingdom, which whether it was just by chance as a nice gesture or forethought, uh, the king flew in the plane, saw how what a life-changing experience air flight can be, and bought uh, a dozen or so more and started Saudi Airlines. By chance or by design, we'll never know, but we're so happy that this relationship was created. Uh, and my entree into the kingdom was a little bit later on in 2005, which was the 60th anniversary of the meeting of these two great men. Um, uh, on a philanthropic effort to uh, work with the kingdom in a bridge building, a cultural bridge building effort um, between the US and the kingdom of Saudi Arabia in a post 9-11 uh, atmosphere, which desperately needed some mending. Uh, and it had to be done on a grassroots level, a person to person and business to business uh, method of which uh, I, jumped on the opportunity because um, even though before that I had never set foot in the kingdom uh, of Saudi Arabia, um, it was an opportunity for me to continue the legacy of my grandfather and what I would assume that he would have loved to have seen. And I have to tell you that, that uh, here I am uh, 16, 17 years later, uh, still trying to, to work on this effort uh, with the kingdom uh, in this position now as president and CEO of the U.S. Saudi Business Council. So with that, we, I do have a, 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 an associate that I work with from the new Ministry of Investment, which um, I'm going to hand it back to Dr. John Duke to make a quick introduction. And he and I will share with you some of the new things that have come about in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia that will open up uh, business globally. But uh, of course, uh, I am looking for specific, specific opportunities for the creation of international cross-border transactions between US companies in Saudi uh, Arabia. So with that, we'll, we'll get into that in a moment, but I'd like Dr. John Duke Anthony to make an introduction of my dear friend, Abdul Rahman. And yeah, thank you, Dale, for that uh, grand uh, overview and opening and providing background in context that would be hard to come by. I mean, others would have to make it up, but here we're uh, hearing it directly from a firsthand resource. That's its own contribution to today's uh, conversation. <clears throat> Abdurrahman al-Bakr is uh, not at all new to these issues. Indeed, he was 
selected uh, to play and perform the role uh, he is achieving precisely because of his background, his context, and the perspective that he brings to the kinds of issues and challenges that Del Roosevelt just briefly outlined. <clears throat> Here's an individual who has been as much a practitioner as a strategist, a, a, a tactical <clears throat> planner and person who has been given challenges and assignments uh, that have eluded others of effectiveness and success in terms of reducing cost overruns and leakages and revenue shortages. He's not been confined by any means to Saudi Arabia, but rather has firsthand on the ground empirical business experience in Latin America, in Africa, in Russia, in Italy, in addition to all six of the GCC countries. He's the vice president for American operations of the newly created, relatively new, uh, Saudi Arabian Ministry of Investment. And without further ado, I'm going to uh, ask if he will highlight some of the opportunities and challenges and facilities available uh, to those who are looking for a profitable return on their investment in a place such as Saudi Arabia. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. John Anthony, for your warm introduction and for uh, Delano as well, my friend, for the great introduction. It's always a pleasure to be with you here and I'm honored uh, to be with the distinguished members participating in the 30th uh, annual Arab US Policymaker Conference. You know, I've always been uh, fascinated by birds. And my two favorites are uh, eagles and falcons. Uh, I'm inspired by the, by the feather, by its color, but also by its engineering. And that's exactly what I like about the US and Saudi businesses together. Uh, your Highnesses, Your Excellencies, ladies and gentlemen, economic and social transformation in Saudi, they are unlocking new opportunities at an accelerated rate in a strategically G20 economy. So it's driven by the strong promotion that we have done through uh, Invest Saudi and the economic, economic reform. The kingdom has attracted record level of foreign direct investment and recognition of these achievements. It was elevated to a whole new ministry from an authority to a ministry and now spread headed by a well-known highly regarded minister, His Excellency Khaled Al-Faleh, who has an expanded mandate to oversee the kingdom's entire investment ecosystem. So the ministry is working with its partners across the government to re-energize uh, the landscape, to streamline and improve the investor journey, but also to bolster the effective policy reforms and drive uh, continuous growth for the kingdom's uh, resilient economy. The opportunities for US businesses are numerous. Uh, the Saudi Ministry of Investment is tasked with attracting, uh, developing uh, diversified investment opportunities to the country through both soft and hard support. We serve and we will serve any of you here today that want to understand, explore, pursue the kingdom opportunities and ultimately establish a, a grow, a presence in the kingdom and indeed in the MENA region. That's why we have established an office in the Ministry of Investment here in the ground in the US to build on uh, the historically strong relationship that we have with the US and with many US uh, companies based on their success in the kingdom. 
our team is dedicated to ensuring that there is an additional and accessible path to succeeding in Saudi. We work with our stakeholders and multipliers, such as, for example, the U.S.-Saudi Business Council, that we uh, work with them across the whole investment journey. I would like to take this opportunity to ask you, please, if you can have a glance on your screen, just to take you through how we can really uh, help you throughout your journey to be uh, successful in Saudi through your uh, potential investments. So we can help you before setup, during setup, and after setup. So before setup, we're talking about tailored market economic reports to matchmaking services, even organizing your site visits, assisting you in the location services, etc. And now during setup, the most important thing will obtain and help you to obtain all the permits and the licenses from different entities without the hassle of the need to go and talk to multiple 10, 20 entities. You just have one umbrella, you come to us and we'll help you with that. After setup, we'll help you overcome any obstacles and you'll have a dedicated account manager. It's very important also to mention that we work with the US-Saudi Business Council across the whole journey. So we have them here in the ground, we have them in Riyadh, and we streamline together. So you can imagine that we are get you covered across the hall from before, during, and after. Yeah, and hey, by the way, did you know that also the investor licenses got reduced in terms of documents from 12 documents to only two now? Not only that, but also the number of hours. Previously, it was three days. Now you can get the license only in three hours, even if you apply in a weekend. Uh, the clock is ticking and it only takes three hours for a team to issue for you the license. Now let's talk about the incentives, the part that everyone will, would love. Uh, so we'll offer a wide range of incentives from export credit to energy utilities, uh, financial services and for R&D, uh, loan programs, custom duty exemption, property solution, uh, tax and credit exemption. You can, there's a wide variety of incentives and we can also uh, tailor it according to your business. So I would like also to take this opportunity to let you know that how we can connect with us to explore these incentives and also to explore how you can look into the, uh, and access the opportunities that are alive now. So we have developed a very nice portal, investsaudi.sa. You will be able to see all the investment opportunities, the relevant facts and figures, uh, also, you can connect with the relevant sector heads to explore further. So I would urge you, please, if you can pull your phone and take a note of uh, investsaudi.sa. Here are the details to connect with us. And we look forward to fly with you in your successful journey into the kingdom. Thank you, Abdurrahman. Back to you, Dale. Well, that was wonderful. Uh, as uh, I'm sure that this was uh, quite an enticement uh, to uh, all of you joining us today. Um, and the uh, the and by the way, uh, if you weren't able to to get the information and the website, uh, the information to to connect with the Ministry of Investment, you'll be able to find uh, this on their website. You'll be able to find the information to connect on the National Council of U.S. Arab Relations, as well as the U.S. Saudi Business Council website. And this will be available on all three. Um, but the one thing I would like to, um, to 
have Abdul Rahman chat a little bit about is the uh, national investment strategy, or as known in the area as the NIS. Now, I'm coming to you live uh, tonight here in Riyadh, and I, I must say that in, even in the four days that I've been here, changes are taking place uh, literally day by day, and improvements are being made on top of improvements. And all of the things that, that, uh, that my dear friend Abdul Rahman was talking about is just a, a slight sampling of, of the, uh, the dramatic increase of ease of doing business in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Um, and there, uh, I get a lot of questions about the national investment strategy. And Abdul Rahman, if you might take just a few more minutes to discuss a couple of points uh, about describing the NIS and some of the achievements uh, that they're that they're proposing. <clears throat> Absolutely, yeah. The kingdom uh, aims to become one of the world's top fifteen economies. So achieving this requires Saudi Arabia's GDP to reach $1.68 trillion uh, by 2030. So His, Ro His Royal Highness, the Crown Prince, Mohammed bin Salman, has announced that the kingdom will spend more in the coming decade than what we have done in the last 300 years, uh, with an important, of course, contribution that's stemming from the private sector. So in terms of numbers for the national investment strategy, it aims to achieve three main targets by 2030. Uh, first, triple investment volume to more than 500 billion US dollar or 30% of the GDP. Second, more than double the overall domestic investment, which represents an annual growth rate of around 9%. Third, uh, increase FDI approximately 20 fold or 5.7% uh, of the GDP by 2030. We are making uh, Vision 2030 a reality and the world is taking a notice. So we're always seeking to build on our relationship with the key international partners. And we believe that US businesses are at the heart of this plan. That's Over to you, Dover. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> Abdul Rahman, that's marvelous. So where does the, uh, uh, you might be asking yourselves as you're watching all of this, um, how would I even begin to, to explore these opportunities? Well, obviously, through my friend Abdul Rahman, he's based in Washington, D.C., by the way, as am I. And the U.S.-Saudi Business Council, our role uh, has been for the last 27 years as a nonprofit uh, here in the United States, to, to help foster these relationships and to identify opportunities. So as US businesses, uh, yes, I know all the big guys are over there already. Uh, you know, the, the big companies, there's a lot of them there, uh, not to say that there's still not tremendous opportunity for large entities, but let's not forget about the small to medium enterprises. Because if you think about these mega projects that currently exist, and what are going to exist. And you think of the, the daily consumption of goods and services in these mega projects are literally off the chart. And there are all sorts of wonderful uh, small to medium enterprises here in the United States that, that manufacture uh, goods and products and provide services that would absolutely uh, need 
uh, be needed in the rollout of all of these uh, uh, of these projects and existing projects in the kingdom. That's where we would come into into play as the U.S. Saudi Business Council to assist you to identify those those uh, uh, opportunities. One. Two, once you've identified the opportunity and you move forward, that's when we get really busy because we connect arms, we lock arms with you, the, the U.S. company, right through the entire process of everything that Abdul Rahman just described to make sure uh, that you are never left alone in this process, that nothing falls through the cracks during this process. And between his group, with between MISA and the U.S. Saudi Business Council, we, uh, our goal is to make this a productive and rewarding uh, opportunity for U.S. businesses to grow uh, here in the United States and internationally. So um, we strive to provide you with the, with the comfort and security and the confidence uh, that will allow you to, to grow on a global basis. Uh, so with that, we, we both look forward to hearing uh, from as many of you as, as we can. Uh, we believe that, that there is no time like the present um, for pursuing these opportunities and, and, if nothing else, exploring these opportunities, because we will help you identify if there is an opportunity or if there might be 100 companies already doing what you do. So it's our responsibility equally to tell you if there's an opportunity or if there's not an opportunity. And if there is, we will stand with you throughout the entire process. And so with that, I want to thank you all for letting us uh, into, your, uh, into your room today uh, to share this with you. I want to thank Dr. John Duke Anthony and the chairman of the uh, National Council for U.S. Arab Relations, Mr. John Pratt and Pat Mancino and all of the team at the National Council for allowing us the opportunity to share this with you. And uh, this trifecta of organizations, the one that you're attending today at the Policymakers Conference, MISA, and the U.S. Saudi Business Council stand ready to help you in any way that we can. And with that, Dr. John Duke, I pass it back to you and, uh, and to everyone, uh, be well, be safe, and God bless. Thank you, Dale. Uh, short, uh, snappy, and uh, focused, emphatic, and to the point. Um, I hope everyone will take advantage of the access to information uh, that is absolutely crucial for a person who's undecided or sitting on the fence or perhaps even neutral or a newcomer or even someone who was once involved years before and uh, went elsewhere and now is willing to reconsider. Uh, this aspect of what you've just received, namely information, is absolutely vital to insight. And the two are absolutely essential uh, to problem solving. And those two in turn are key to knowledge, to give you what uh, Del Roosevelt just said, a degree of comfort, a degree of security, a degree of confidence. Uh, you cannot have any of the three, let alone all three, without the relevant uh, information, insight, and knowledge. Uh, but those three, too, are inadequate on the whole unless it's coupled with understanding. And knowledge and understanding is not the same. They're not synonyms. They're close. They're joined at the hip. 
they're Siamese twins, so to speak. But if you have the four together, which you can have by utilizing the facilities and resources and accesses that of the Rahman Bakr and Delano Roosevelt has shared with you today, then you will be well on the road to clearer analysis than what otherwise have been, would have been possible. We're grateful to you both. And thank you for the viewership and the listenership. We have a lot of work to do, but the opportunities are limited really only by the imagination.